You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 180. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. And special guest this week is Dan Klausner, former, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles organization, also of Bleeding Long Green Nation as well. <laughs> and I, of course, am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. We are going to do our, or unveil our Eagles-only final seven-round uh, mock drafts. Uh, as we are, by the time this is published, it'll be two days from the 2021 NFL draft. Brandon and Dan, how are you guys doing? Well, Jimmy, I'm glad to have Dan here for this podcast because he's like the most qualified to talk about day three prospects, like more than anyone I know, just because like during the year, throughout the college football season and whatnot, leading up to the draft, he's texting me and you, uh, these names. And I'm like, these, these players could be made up and I wouldn't know sometimes because that's how deep Dan goes, but I'm excited to be here. We have our mock drafts. Uh, obviously BGN radio brought to you by righteous phone craft jerky and wildnaturepet.com. That's meat snacks and pet snacks, respectively. Use discount code BGN15 to get 15% off for both. Right, Dan? That's correct. Yeah, you can use them on both uh, both websites as, as many times as you'd like. So go for it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, day three stuff, the guys who will never make the roster, that's my favorite one. Just finding <laughs> finding the one home run maybe in the uh, in the whole draft. So, uh, you know, that's like where I really nerd out. So looking forward to uh, seeing the, the mocks that you guys have and then, you know, critiquing them very harshly. I just finished mine literally minutes ago. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, Perfect. So, uh, uh, not a lot of science goes into these things, but let's just get it going. So, uh, who's, who's up first on round one, Brandon? So Jimmy, you're going to go first. This, we'll set up the structure. Jimmy's going to go first each time. I'll go second. And then Dan will kind of be like the, uh, impartial arbitrator of which the moderator. Pick, yes. At that given spot that he likes more. And then obviously we can kind of talk about, uh, the whole mocks in totality once we're done with the picks. But, uh, I think you should start it off, Jimmy. Well, with my first round pick, and I believe this is also going to be your first round pick. <laughs> I have Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Yeah, I mean, we all know what he's all about by now, but he was a stud, obviously, not just in 2020, but in 2021 as well. 2020, oh, excuse me, in 2019 as well. You know, he was the leading receiver on that team on a receiving corpse that had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, and Jalen Waddle, of course, still. You know, he had 68 receptions for 1256 yards. 18.5 yards per catch and 14 touchdowns in a group of receivers that included three other, you know, I mean, two guys went in the first round last year and Jalen Wilder is going to go in the first round this year as well. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner, obviously, this year. He had 117 catches for 1856 and 23 touchdowns. Just a, a, an 
uber productive receiver. People are going to have problems. And I can, I understand the concern uh, with his rail thin 160 pound, 100, excuse me, 166 pound body. Uh, can he beat jams at the line of scrimmage against big physical corners? Can he be durable? Uh, certainly, in my opinion, he plays much bigger than that slight frame. Uh, a lot of the comps that we've seen to him um, have, have been like Marvin Harrison, for example. But uh, I think he's going to be a good pro. He's not the perfect player because of that size, but you're not going to get the perfect player at pick number six. But I would feel very comfortable if I were the Eagles and he landed to me at pick number 12. I have, And I just, is, I just want to add before, sure. before Brandon goes, I was at the uh, Big Time Flex. I was at the LSU-Alabama game in 2019 at Alabama. And um, really, this was a field, yeah, I was in there. Birmingham, huh? In, yeah, well, Tuscaloosa, but who's oh, counting, oh sorry, know? Tuscaloosa, yes, <laughs> my mistake. But uh, yeah, I was there for that game. A bunch of buddies and I went that like that was like our one of our bucket listings was to go to an SEC game at one of those stadiums. And I guess at the time, if it was, if they weren't one and two, it was you know one and three or two and three or something like that. And uh, so we're talking about a field that included Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy. Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall. And Devontae <laughs> was the best player on the field of all those wide receivers. He had an incredible game, including like a really long bomb at the end to kind of give Alabama a shot. So, you know, that's kind of how I always remember him, too. I had not expected him, still don't really expect him to be at number 12. Um, but if he's there, it's a, it's a no-brainer, which unfortunately doesn't seem to always work out for the Eagles uh, in terms of taking the, the consensus pick. But, you know, I, I, I wonder if they're going to, if there's going to be any like almost buckling to public pressure, like, well, we can take this guy. And if it doesn't work out, it's not our fault type of deal, you know, like the <laughs> right. consensus one and you can't blame us for this if it goes wrong. So right. everyone else um, wanted him too. Right. But I, I agree with you too. It's like just the risk that you're taking on him, quote unquote, to be the Marvin Harrison or Deshaun Jackson or even, you know, Chad Johnson said he played at that kind of weight, I think far outweighs the risk that he's going to be a Paul Richardson or some other guy like that too. Ooh, um, I like that comp. So, I like that negative comp. So, yeah. Paul Richardson was only like a, you know, a fly route yeah, guy. Yeah, you know? Right, right. But, um, yeah. So that's just kind of how I feel about it. The way I would put it is like, and this, I wrote the article about this for bleedinggreennation.com, like the Eagles shouldn't be talking themselves out of Devontae Smith. I think that's what it comes down to, like like putting it in that framing. We talk about the weight, like it just doesn't matter to me and because I don't see how it's manifested into this huge concern that we make it out to be. Like the guy hasn't been hurt. He like led the nation in yards after the catch last year. So it's not like he's like avoiding contact all the time. Although I think he does play smart and limits like the amount he of does. shots. But yeah. he, but you know it's not like he just goes down easily every single time. Um, he ranked uh, top five in yards per route run against press coverage, which is everything like he apparently he can't do in 2019 and 2020. That's from PFF. So I just look at like all the boxes here, or not all of them, I will say, because, you know, Justin Jefferson literally checked all of the boxes in terms of athleticism. He was younger. He was only like 20 at the time that he got drafted last year. Um, but I think it's similar in Justin Jefferson in that, like, this guy is such an obvious answer to a position of need, to a position the Eagles have literally never drafted and developed well or at, at wide receiver under Howie Roseman. And it's like, just, just fix it. This is the guy, too, who 
like is the total antithesis of all of this like big loser energy we see from recent Eagles draft picks. Like this guy wants to win. He's locked in, super competitive. Like give me this guy at number twelve. I really need Devontae Smith. He should be there too, by the way. We should know it. Like yeah, per- think I think that? like and I've noted this on the podcast already, but like once you get past pick number seven, the team's picking at eight, nine, ten, and eleven, like they don't need receivers. And I don't think anyone's trading up for a receiver either. So uh mm-hmm. once they get past that that spot, I, I think that and I think that he's going to be the third guy off the board, too. So I think it'll go uh, Jamar Chase will go first, and then Jalen Waddle, and then Devontae Smith will be the third guy. All right, Brandon, King you want to give had, your uh, second round guy? Yeah, Peter King had Waddle at six in his uh, one and only mock for, for what it's worth to the Dolphins. Yeah, so, uh, well, it's actually you, Jimmy. You go up. We're going hmm. to keep the same way. Okay. The whole order. I, uh, all right. He's going to try to enjoy a sip of coffee, but forget nope. that, I guess. He's got, he's, got, he's got to make his pick first. <laughs> round number two. Carlos Boogie Basham, defensive end of from Wake Forest, uh, sneaky productive, 2019, 57 tackles, 18 for loss, 10 sacks, three forced fumbles that year. Uh, 2020, only played in six games, had four sacks, I'm sorry, excuse me, five sacks and four forced fumbles in those six games. Big player, 6'3", 272, gives me some sort of Brandon Graham vibes in that he can shift inside on obvious passing downs. He's a good run stopper, good repertoire of pass rush moves, um, can play either side, left or right. But I think he slots in really nicely on uh, Brandon Graham's side on the left side. So you have Graham and, and Basham over there. And then on the right side, you have Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. And I think you have a pretty good foursome of uh, defensive ends uh, in that situation. I think actually defensive end is going to line up really nicely for where the Eagles are picking at pick number 37. So I think like for the most part, we've kind of thought that if they go receiver round one, then they'll go corner round two uh, or vice versa. But I think defensive end really makes a lot of sense in at pick 37 because you got Basham there. You might have like Penn State's Jason Owe, Washington's Joe Tryon, Oklahoma's Ronnie Perkins. And then if guys like Miami's uh, Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau uh, fall out of the first round, then they could possibly be there as well. So I think that's kind of a sweet spot uh, for that position at pick number 37. And Basham is a guy that I particularly like personally. Well, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's complete chalk here so far, complete alignment, but uh, a little bit similar. You didn't take to him too, did you? No, oh, okay. no, but I did have the same position. <laughs> and, uh, okay. you know, Dan, obviously let me know when you're done with this. Uh, the first round was simple. You like both of our picks. We know that um, nothing. Not to much to, to choose there. between. Yeah. Um, but for this one, I took Gregory Rousseau. You did okay. just mention him, Jimmy. Uh, only 21, didn't play last year, obviously, but he had 19 and a half tackles for loss and 15.5 sacks and two forced fumbles in 2019. Obviously missed 2018 with ankle injury. So the sample size playing is limited. But I want to say that this mock that I created is, I feel like, kind of a mixture of what I think is realist- realistic and also and, and what, what I would do, but also kind of trying to keep it in the realm of what the Eagles would do. And I find it hard to believe that the Eagles aren't going to take a lineman like, with their first two picks, like almost. And if they don't, then definitely, that's definitely at some point, at the very, very latest on day two. Uh, so I'm going to take a defensive end here. You know, Brandon Graham is getting up there. Derek Barnett, obviously on the last year of that fifth-year option of his contract. So it's a position of need. It's a position they value a lot as you may have seen in Jeff McLean's story over the weekend, uh, where he talked about why the Eagles took Sharif Miller, in part because they really value that position, and also because Jeffrey Lurie liked the fact that he's an Eagles fan and cried uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So 
great decision making going on here. That's my pick. Dan, uh, which one do you like more? Uh, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, with a name like Boogie Basham, he's got to be good. I mean, I feel like in the pros, but uh, he does turn 24 during his rookie season. Ooh. And uh, I, you know, that's sometimes I something I try to lean against in the first like two days of picking. And Greg Rousseau was at some point thought to be a top 10 pick, you know, before opting out and all that. He had a great, you know, he had a very productive season. I know uh, in 2019, I know that there are a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, he kind of just ran into a bunch of his sacks. But yeah, the bottom line is this guy was thought to be a top five, top five, top 10 pick as recently as, you know, going into the college football season. He's a little thin, but he's got, you know, and I know, I don't, I don't know how he did on his athletic testing, but not um, great. Just okay. Just not great. Right. And uh, my gut there was to go with, uh, to go with Rousseau if I had to, but I'm actually surprised that you guys mentioned defensive ends and left one guy off. It's one of Jimmy's dudes who you were early on. Like oh yeah. Turner. Well, I, I don't think, you, I don't think you take him at 37, but if he's there around three. They, absolutely. I think apparently they think he's going to go in like the second round. Oh, really? his name. Even, yeah. You guys have to say his go name. Ahead, so you can say his name. Oh, sorry. This is this is uh, this is Dan. <laughs> no, I mean the player's uh, name. You didn't say the player's uh, name. I said no, the player's Turner. name. Oh, okay. Did you? <laughs> yeah, Peyton Turner. To yeah, be clear, I said Peyton from, Turner. Uh, from, okay. from Houston. From Houston. He's long. He's huge. They comped him on NFL.com to uh, Preston Smith, which I liked a lot. And okay. I actually watched I see with that. Jimmy when you, when you when you talked about him early, like you know, we're talking months ago. I'm like October. This is I went in, back like early watched. January. Yeah, and you were even on him. You were on him early. I think he was on your grocery shopping list in October. I went and looked at it, and I think he's going to be really. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, tested well, and he's got he's got like a power, but also he's got some some speed. And um, that's the guy. I even I do think he's going to end up going in the second round, maybe higher than people think, like top fifty. Wouldn't surprise me just based on his physical attributes. So um, that yeah, he would be played my a little guy. more. He played a little more inside. Uh, mm-hmm. his first few years at Houston, like the four I position. Right. And uh, this last year they moved him into more of a traditional, you know, four, three defensive end role. And he was awesome uh, so. in 2020. So yeah, I think people kind of caught up with that uh, every once in a while, you know, squirrel finds a nut for me. There on you that go. One. You, so. were, you were the first on him. I give you credit. So I, <laughs> Thank from you, that, yeah, my ears perked up. So from now on forward, I was kind of following him along. So I was surprised. Yeah. I, just seems like guys with that, uh, like that physical profile, that ability, and then that kind of like ascending production at a position like that. I'd be surprised if he ends up in round three, which I guess means he'll probably end up being there for the Eagles at number seventy. Who knows? So you didn't like either of our picks, and you just made one for yourself. Well, that's not true. That's not <laughs> true. I just which like one? my pick better. That's all. Which one are you leaning with? We need an answer. Uh, Rousseau. Okay. Well, I mean, is he going to be there though? He was in the mock, Jimmy. <laughs> he was in the sim. That's all that matters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. I, it's been interesting with him, and it seems like he just continues to fall. So who knows? All right, uh, pick, round Jimmy. three, and I know that you're taking a corner because you didn't take one in the first two rounds, and uh, so am I. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan this at all. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Tyson Campbell, cornerback, hmm. Georgia. Uh, something of a wild card in this cornerback class. He's you know he's six one. So he's got the size that you like or the length that you like anyway. Uh, ran a 4-3-6-40 at his pro day. Uh, results on the field aren't great. So he had one interception, 10 pass breakups, 
in 31 career games at Georgia, which isn't very good. And it's not like they were just not throwing his way. Like they definitely threw his way uh, in the the SEC down there. So he did cover a lot of really good receivers. Uh, But if there's one guy, so like if, if this were still Jim Schwartz's staff, and I'm going off the history of the Eagles being able to develop defensive backs. I'm not taking this guy. But when you look at Jonathan Gannon's history of developing uh, defensive backs in Minnesota and in Indianapolis, I feel a little more comfortable taking a guy like Tyson Campbell who has all the physical traits that you want and they can maybe develop him into um, you know, a legitimate starting outside corner. Now, you might not get... Um, solid play out of him year one, but who cares? <laughs> like, cause they're not going to be good at anyone anyway in 2021. So, uh, he's kind of a guy that, that I'm willing to take my time with and, and hopefully develop over time. And he's your starter maybe early on, but certainly by 2022. I would like ideally to have Devontae Smith at number 12 and then maybe Asante Samuel at 37, but I don't go corner till here. Number 70 in my mock where I get Paulson Adebo. Who okay. has slept on, kind of, I think. Well, kind of like the opposite of your guy, like great ball production. Mm-hmm. Uh, four interceptions in each of his two seasons uh, prior to sitting out in 2020. Eight interceptions total, 27 passes defense, and he also had a forced fumble in there. So, uh, guy who's six foot one, 192, you know, has the size, obviously, to play on the outside. I want a corner in general. Like, you know, the, act, the, the purpose of this mock isn't just to, you know, like talk about specifically the players here, but also the kind of players that the Eagles, you know, we think we, they should be looking for and whatnot. And I think, you know, ball skills in a corner, uh, like a big thing that I would like them to try to value. So uh, that's my pick at number three for me. Dan, which one do you like more? Uh, uh, did you know about, uh, a, how do you say it? Adebo? Paulson Adebo? Or is it Adebo? Anyway, in my head, it was he- always Adebo. But, That's what I thought too. I was hoping it would be a Debo, uh, but uh, whatever. He was—I uh, don't know if you guys remember—but like whenever they do those mocks, like right after a draft, two years ago, he was like a, the number one corner in those mocks. Mm-hmm. They thought that he was like yeah. the next one, and he kind of, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not watching, but I don't know if he fell off the map in terms of production or what happened. If it was out of sight, out of mind, but he was thought to be like the next guy, like a top 15 pick, number one corner in his class. I think it was like yeah, two years ago. And uh, I'm with, I'm with, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to gang up on Jimmy, but I do like, I would prefer <laughs> a guy with ball skills in this, um, you know, just thinking about, it. I also like Eric Stokes a lot more than Tyson Campbell. So I think that kind of, you know, well, he's going to be gone teammate. by round three. And he's going to be gone, but I think it kind of almost colored my perception of Campbell too, as like the lesser of them. So, but you know, in all fairness, it's not like I've studied either of them closely, but I, um, I'm going with the ball skills guy on this one and maybe someone who has a little bit more who can kind of profile as having value given what he was once thought of. So, All right, let's All do... Right, should we take a break or... Uh, let's do fourth do round, then we'll take okay. a break. For, uh, well, we still have the third round, second, third round pick. Oh, sorry, yes. So with my second... That's good, we can finish day two. And take yeah. Oh, that's, that makes sense, yes. Yep. So my second, third round pick, I'm going Trey Smith, mm. offensive Ooh, guard, cool. Tennessee, and his fit with the Eagles is very straightforward. He's just a brick wall of an offensive lineman. Uh, played a little left tackle, uh, mostly left guard with Tennessee. He projects to guard, obviously, in the NFL. You know, their needed guard is pretty obvious. Brandon Brooks is probably in his last year with the Eagles here. Jason Kelsey may also be in his last year here. So if he retires, then Isaac Samalo could move from left guard to center. So they're going to have needs at guard. And he's, I think, in my opinion, a 
a surefire starter in the NFL as long as his health checks out. So the hard part in determining, um, you know, where Smith is going to be drafted is he had recurring issues with blood clots in his in his lungs. Uh, didn't seem to affect him in the last two seasons in 2019 and 2020, uh, but that is going to affect uh, how teams view him and where he should be selected. But I think the second pick in the third round is probably appropriate value of where he should go. And if you can get him there and he stays healthy, then you know I think it's a steal because he is going to be a starter long-term, I believe, in the NFL. I'm going in the trenches, but on the other side of the ball, Jimmy, with Davion Nixon, defensive okay. tackle. Uh, 13 and a half tackles for loss and 5.5 sacks last year, one forced fumble, you know, a three technique kind of player thinking, envisioning uh, him in my mind as, you know, like your Malik Jackson replacement, obviously different, you know, coaching staff and whatnot. I think defensive tackle, just an underrated need. Wanted to bring that up here. I mean, you have Fletcher Cox who is getting older and like, I think Fletcher Cox's age is a little deceiving, you know, because he came into the NFL pretty young, but he's logged so many snaps, especially in recent years, because the Eagles get decimated at defensive tackle every year. And like he ends up having to play like a lot more than he ideally should. Um, so I think they definitely need to be thinking about that position. And, and especially, you know, your depth right now, there is Hassan Ridgeway who gets hurt like all the time. Um, so Davion Nixon with that final third round pick for me, uh, which one do you like better, Dan? Uh, this time I'm going with Jimmy, um, yeah. and it's actually because I agree that they, you know, the interior of the offensive line is a need. Trey Smith is another, you know, another guy who was thought to be kind of early second round value um, during the season, and it's kind of he's kind of seen to maybe slide a little bit to the third round, but he seems like a if his health checks out, he feels like a plug and play type of starter. He's been doing, you know, and he's got a little bit of versatility, and I actually think that the um, that there's better value maybe on like early day three with the um, interior defensive line position. So um, I, that's why I would be uh, siding with Jimmy on that one. All right. So Boom. eat it, Brandon. I am yeah. in shambles right now. Uh, <laughs> the listeners can't see, but on the video interface we have here, I'm actually crying. He's literally um, crying. <laughs> but you know what doesn't make me cry? Clean sweep. You know what makes me happy is right to sell and craft jerky. Because when I eat that, uh, all my problems go away, and you can have your problems go away too by going to righteousfelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for high-quality meat snacks and other snacks that they have and gear, a lot of good stuff available at the website. You can check it out for yourself. Also, if you have a dog, which you do, I know that somehow. We get podcast listener data, and I can just tell all of you have dogs. So <laughs> if you want to treat your dog right, which you should, then you should go to wildnaturepet.com and get them a high-quality pet snack. Uh, Seamus actually talked about how, uh, his dog has certain like, uh, restrictions or like things that they're allergic to and can or can't eat. So, uh, wild nature pet, uh, is a good product for that, their dog because it kind of fits in that restriction. So maybe that applies to you as well. Um, also read a review that Dan, uh, you shared with, with me, uh, last week, late last week, I actually led that on the locker room session. Uh, that the locker room podcast that I did with Seamus. But uh, for those who did not listen to that, I'll read it real quickly here. This is from AJ. Hands down the best beef jerky I've ever had. I never even liked beef jerky until I tried Righteous Felon Savory Bundle Pack. Thanks to BLG and the Bleeding Your Nation podcast for turning me on to the perfect snack. So that's a real review. And uh, mm -hmm. you can be part of that too by going to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTN15. And Jimmy, back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 180. It's our seven-round Eagles mock draft with the Eagles having the most picks in the draft. 11 overall and one two three four five six of them coming on day three starting at number 150 overall in the fifth round jimmy what do you got i just right. before you start right, no. jimmy i wanted to say i messed up sorry fourth at 123 fourth overall round. yes sorry well, i wanted to say I, I was hoping personally speaking that one of those third round picks from the eagles i know that, you know they're probably going to go with an interior line position but i'm hoping that one of them is uh is kenneth gainwell the the running back from memphis yes because tony I think pollard that, from Memphis, um, yeah, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson from Memphis. And both Anderson. those guys like had similar profiles mm-hmm. too, in that like yep. not just good running backs, but could do damage out of the backfield as uh, receivers. And, and, and Gainwell and just, definitely fits that mold too. And just watching him, he looks like a wide receiver too. I mean, he's really dangerous. And I feel you know you think about the Naheem Hines fit in mm-hmm. um, Sirianni's offense. He just feel and that's probably going to be his range is later in the third round. So. Um, that's just my, you know, if I got to plant a flag on a guy at a more glamorous position, that's that's somebody that I would be super excited about the Eagles taking. So, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. All right. Uh, round four. Kenneth Gainwell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Divine Diablo. Ah. Linebacker slash safety from Virginia Tech. He played safety at Virginia Tech. Uh, in the NFL, he'll very likely actually kind of play the uh, hybrid role there. But in the NFL, he'll likely be a linebacker. Um, may have some hybrid roles, or maybe maybe uh, play a hybrid role in the NFL as well. But um, twenty twenty at fifty ta- fifty five tackles, four interceptions, uh, four pass breakups. The Eagles were reportedly going to draft Jeremy Chin if they didn't take Jalen Hurts uh, a year ago. So he sort of fits that mold. I mean, I don't know what value there is in looking at um, the Eagles scheme a year ago under Jim Schwartz and what it will be in 2021, but I assume they're still going to be looking for uh, that kind of player. Um, That's just the way kind of the league in general is going, where they have these guys that can play sort of these hybrid roles. And he'll be another one of those guys. He's 6'3", 226, uh, so he's not going to be a safety in the NFL. Uh, He's not going to be primarily a safety in the NFL anyway. Um, And uh, he's got some ball skills. He's a good tackler and uh, just like him a lot as a player. Um, uh, I forget what I was going to say. I was going to say about him, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so he would be my, my, he could go third round potentially. Like he could sneak into day two uh, in this draft, but if he's sitting there in round four, 
then I think that he's a guy that makes sense for this Eagles defense. Now, they did sign two safeties, and they did sign a linebacker in Eric Wilson, but uh, I don't think that any of the guys that they signed in free agency, uh, Andrew Adams, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, are necessarily really long-term answers, whereas this guy would be. I am going with Quinn Miners. Okay. He's going to be gone now. (laughs) Well, again, he was here in the sim, and... (laughs) That's all that matters, and uh, <laughs> I put him. I put him on this list in part because uh, shout out to Zach Berman for pointing out that Miners actually went on uh, Jeff Schwartz podcast, former NFL offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz, and told him that the Eagles were showing more interest in him than any other team. Really? So hmm. yeah. So worth That's noting there. Nugget. Yeah, um, twenty-two years old. Obviously, you know, fits in as a potential Jason Kelsey replacement, which I think is probably important to get that in this year's draft at some point. Even if you believe, you know, Sumalo can kick over there, I still would like to get someone who uh, could be that guy instead. Or uh, obviously, if they like Sumalo better at center, then you can just put a bet guard. Either way, uh, this we're talking about a guy here who, not unlike Jason Kelsey, very athletic. Uh, Miners tested second best in terms of relative athletic score out of 494 centers since 1987. So very athletic, wow. obviously coming from a lower level of competition. Was at, Kelsey what, number did, one? Uh, I'm not sure, but Has he's, to be. like he's probably the he's most athletic center ever. Yeah, right, you would think so. So that's interesting relative so, to the era that he played in, anyway. Mm-hmm. So Dan, which one uh, do you like better there? Well, seeing as how I don't think either of your players are going to be on the board, I, uh, I'm i going to go with Quinn Miners, too, because I think okay. he's, uh, I, you know, I don't know about slam dunk or all that, but it seems usually when the Senior Bowl invites like a D3 or D2 high-end guy, they end up panning out, like you have like Ali Marpet and stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, and he just seems, I don't know, he's got all the physical tools and the physical skills, and seems like that kind of guy who would be like an immediate fan favorite here, too, given his personality, so... If I had to pick, I mean, with a name like Divine, Divine Diablo, it's like it's, you guys made it really hard on this one. That's um, tough. So, you know, he like looks like a Cam Chancellor type. So, uh, but I got to go with Miners here because they are going to need, you know, that next, that center. And I uh, have my doubts about whether Isaac Sayamalu will will be the guy. So Those kinds of guys, by the way, are really fun. Like their tape is fun to watch. Like he's mm-hmm. from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater is the college yep. he came from. and. I remember back in the day, I forget what fair. year it was, but like, do you remember Amini Silatolu who got yeah, picked was by he like the, the Midwestern state guy? Yeah. He guy, got picked right? by the Panthers yes. in the second round. And uh, mm-hmm. like his, his like highlight reel is just him just tossing, tossing guys around like they're eight year olds. <laughs> and, and like, and Miners has a, has a tape like that too, where it's just him just throwing guys around. It's really, so if you have, if you have a minute, uh, YouTube Quinn Miners and, uh, and uh, watch him also, just tossing guys around like crazy. Uh, you should also all right. uh, YouTube his um, his workout video, like with him working out in the woods. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I didn't like see that. Yeah, he's got like a really funny one with that too. He's like also known for like doing interviews with his belly hanging out. Oh God, what a what an eagle! <laughs> that's, all right, that's, round five. That's a perfect Kelsey replacement, right? In that point, in that regard, I'm going Ramondre Stevenson, mm. running back. Oklahoma. He's a bigger guy, six foot, two thirty-one. Uh, give the Eagles a short yardage presence. Um, in his two seasons at Oklahoma, uh, after transferring from JUCO school, uh, good numbers, limited action. Actually, ran for like seven point two yards per carry, and he's a threat in the passing game too. Twenty-eight catches for two ninety-eight. Uh, it's ten point six per catch. 
uh, in 2020. Did have six game suspension, but uh, so they'll investigate that. I think it was only just for THC. And then, um, but I, I like him as a power complement to the more dynamic Miles Sanders. And he's a guy that they should be looking at as a long term Jordan Howard type of runner instead of Jordan Howard, who is no longer, uh, in my opinion, a viable uh, NFL player anymore. I'm going with a secondary pick. I'm going Richard LeCount three. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should go by Dick because then he could be DLC three <laughs> and uh, could get something going. And then he could also wear number three now in mm, the NFL oh, yeah. because of the New Jersey rules. Uh, anyway, that aside, uh, not good athletic testing, uh, but ball production. He's eight interceptions. Seven of those have come in this last two years. He's uh, the 10, well, interceptions are there. The pass breakups, not as much. Uh, 10 passes defense. He did have four forced fumbles. He was limited to six games last year because he was hit by a car while on a dirt bike. So uh, maybe off-field decision-making, not the best thing, but I'm I'm drafting him with the thought that he's learned from uh, that mistake and is going to be smarter in the NFL. I think the Eagles really need to get a safety at some point, and uh, that's where I went with this one. I am going to – it's interesting when, when – uh, I was thinking because I, I like uh, Ramondre Stevenson, but I think that there are, there's better value later with some other backs – and uh, I'm going to go with Brendan on this one with the uh, with the count uh, with his, because of his ball production skills. Also, you know, I like the fact playing at Georgia in that secondary. So uh, you know, with the caveat that like I didn't watch any of his tape or anything like that or <laughs> on either of these guys. <laughs> I don't know anybody. I, uh, I don't know anything I, about I, these I, guys, I, but uh, I, I, Brandon's is good. But I I'm I'm the one sitting in judgment of others, and I am picking <laughs> Mr. LeCount the third. It was a great name too. So, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I just looked him up. They got a good, uh, interesting comp for him on uh, NFL.com. And it's by the way, he can play fullback too. Not to not to interrupt, cool. but he he's <laughs> go ahead. Who's the comp? Yeah, I was gonna, uh, Gus Edwards, which I ah, like that. Okay, too, you know, I can see that. That's sure. a good one too. So I like that, and you know, so you know, not that Gus Edwards is like completely. a is like actually a really nice compliment in that offense too. Not he's only good. to the other running backs they have, but yeah. to Lamar. So like yeah. he's that hammer that runs inside. And I think you start to load up the box against a, you know, a a big load guy like him and the quarterback Mm -hmm. can beat you around the edge. So yeah, take that BLG jerk. All right. Start it off with your sixth round pick. All right. The first of three six round picks that the Eagles have in each one of which will be traded by the way, at least. Let's one of what? That out there. One of which has got to be traded at least to move but up. See, I have a trade years. later. <laughs> oh, okay. You but I'm doing right. it with a seven. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go uh, Kenny Yaboa, tight end, <sighs> Ole Miss, graduate well, transfer. Brandon, you from... don't even have to bother. This is I was going to say, I already <laughs> lost this one. <laughs> graduate transfer from Temple. Uh, broke out last year, had um, 21 catches, 524. It's 19.4 yards per catch. Out of the tight end position, that's outstanding. Six touchdowns. Uh, th- that was only in just seven games. So 524 yards mm-hmm. in seven games. Uh, played more of a traditional role, uh, tight end role in college. And the pros will be more of a quote-unquote move tight end, a.k.a. the F position, and could pair nicely, in my opinion, with Mr. Dallas Goddard. I already lost. I know this. <laughs> I know this for sure. Still but got to uh, give it your best shot. I'm going to take Garrett Wallow. Oh, yeah. I got this one. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you have I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Linebacker, uh, TCU. We know the Eagles. Hey, we know the Eagles love TCU film and TCU players. It's true. Um, 
praise for his leadership inside linebacker. Uh, could be more of a special teams guy, but I mean, we're in the sixth round here. Uh, kind of like not the best tackler. Uh, doesn't have the reputation for being like the most sound tackler, but he does make a lot of them. Kind of a tackling machine, a little erratic. I guess it's kind of might be redundant here with Alex Singleton, but uh, I mean, it's day three. It's the sixth round. They need linebacker help. He was one of the best players on the board from what I saw there. So uh, not an exciting pick, but he has a character at least, which is something. And uh, that's all I got. Hey, Garrett, wallow in your own misery, Brandon, for yeah, losing this round. I will. Um, anybody <laughs> who, uh, you know, you, you guys both know I'm a huge Kenny Yaboa guy. And I was actually, when he was at Temple, uh, another flex time, I was at the Temple, Maryland game at Lincoln Financial Field in uh, 2019. And Yaboa, I mean, like, we suck, but I'm a Maryland guy. And Yaboa crushed us. He had, like, some really nice, I think he had, like, four catches for. I don't know, 50 yards and a touchdown. I was like, oh, this guy looks like he could play. And then, you know, you don't think about it. And then I see him, like, you know, next season playing at Mississippi. And I'm like, is that the same guy? Ole Miss, yeah. And um, I think he he really feels like Kyle, you know, like Kyle Pitts light to me. It's like, if you miss out on Kyle Pitts in the first round, (laughs) I would do Kenny Oboa. And I know it's a lot to say, but like, you know, like the homeless man's Kenny, um, Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's going to end up being like an early day three pick, like in the fourth round or something, just based on the positional value and the, like the lack of options. Um, I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I really like him a lot. And uh, he's an Allentown native too. So, um, and he went from Temple to SEC and dominated. So I think that's a, you know, a really good sign. Solid game theory strategy by Brandon there, putting his uh, weaker <laughs> right. pick it's... against one that I well know, knew you were gonna you were gonna like more. Uh, all right, well uh, pick number two in the sixth round. I've got Joshua Kando, hmm. defensive end, Florida State. Length, uh, he's a length athleticism guy, uh, former five star recruit, uh, plenty of upside. Lacked actual production at Florida State. Had just 59 tackles, eight sacks, and one forced fumble in his four seasons there. Partly because of injury, uh, partly because they changed over their scheme like a million times. Uh, really, uh, all the defenders, almost all the defenders uh, in that defense, kind of underachieved. So maybe it was more of a result of you know sort of coaching staff issues than the actual players themselves. Um, anyway, uh, needs more of a repertoire of pass rush moves, but. You know, in this mock, I have a defensive end going early, so he's not going to be needed to, you know, play immediately. Can, you can develop him a little bit behind the scenes. Um, nothing wrong with his characters. Generally thought to be a high character player. No red flags in that regard. So I think you're getting, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a nice, you know, height, height, weight, speed kind of guy uh, that doesn't have character concerns this late at a premium position. Um, to be determined if he's, he's around, like in a lot, like pretty much every you know top whatever ranking I've seen, they have this guy slated as like being around in the sixth round. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see how he's there, but if that's kind of where everyone's having him rated, then that's where I have him here. But I think he's a guy that uh, is is the, the type of player that you want to take shots on uh, on right. day three, like your trade like- lottery pick on day three kind of guy. Yes. Speaking of that, though, I'll, I'll get into that with my pick before I make my pick. I just want to say like. For me, I'll speak for myself here at the very least. Like day three this year has been just like like tougher than ever for me to just tone in because like I usually do a draft interest tracker, as you guys might know, for bootinggreennation.com every year. And that thing has like a couple hundred names on it every year. There's different like layers of interest. This year I have like 37 total. I mean, there's just, you know, we're not getting this because there's no pre-draft visits. 
there was no combine. Yeah. You know, it's just total, and obviously the the player pool too is smaller, right? It's only like seven hundred players or something have like signed to kind of be like eligible for the draft or whatever, like as yeah, like usually. signed with agents, yeah, yeah. So it's just like it's just it's a totally it's just a weird year because of everything. But uh, that now uh, not an excuse for NFL teams. Clearly, I mean they have the information. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, it just feels like even harder than ever as more of a draft casual but at number 224 i am taking i'm double dipping at wide receiver i am taking josh e matter baby or baby <laughs> e matter baby that's a tough one uh, high, right? high ceiling low floor guy where, lands where, their line where is he so from? He's, uh he is from it's uh iowa check here. or oh, illinois illinois i don't want to get this wrong I'm saying Illinois. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, he's from Illinois, as I knew. The um, Lance Erline said he's, quote, the most explosive leaper coming out of the college game that I've ever seen, end quote. Uh, 24 bench press reps, 97th percentile, uh, 6'1", 218. Funny enough, his top athletic comparison on mock draftable, and somebody thinks like 70%, so not like... Uh, exactly the same, but it's Jalen Rager who the Eagles took yeah. last year. So, uh, oh damn! I've just I just put, pulled him up on mock draftable forty six and a half inch vertical. That's yeah, insane. that's nuts. That. That's unheard yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. So why not take a chance on that guy when you're picking at two twenty four in the sixth round? Basically, is what I'm thinking. All right. He had like a huge uh, two thousand nineteen. He averaged over nineteen yards a catch in two thousand nineteen. Yep. So I mean, he has a lot of big playability. Um, well, I guess I'm going to take Imator Baby on this one. <laughs> yeah, based solely on his vertical leap, and I shouldn't have helped I him mean, with that. With that, that yeah, that's, a, yeah that's insane. So, uh, so yeah, slam dunk on that one. All right, uh, with the third pick. Well, why don't we take another break here, Jimmy? Oh, right, okay. And you can tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, back here on BGN Radio episode 180. Rounding out our mock draft with the Eagles' final three picks, or at least I have three picks left. I don't know what Jimmy has. Jimmy, tell me what you got here at 225, the pick right after the Eagles make right now at 224. So I also am double dipping at wide receiver. We got the smaller guy in round one. We're going to go big in round six. Sage Surratt, Mm. wide receiver, Wake Forest. Uh, big physical guy, good hands, body control, contested catchability, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you know, what we thought J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was going to be, or the college version of him, does not have impressive speed. Um, also, like J.J., is an impressive uh, off-the-field resume. He was uh, committed to Harvard before he decided that he could get a similar education at uh, Wake Forest while playing football in the ACC. He was the valedictorian of his class in high school. So this is a guy that Jeffrey Lurie is going to want to take on day two. So they're going to have to tie him up, put him in the closet, and say, let's wait until round six, bud. Ooh, low blow. 
I have the Eagles going with a tackle for the first time in my draft. And this is Landon Young from Kentucky. Uh, he tested with a great relative athletic score. He's good size at 6'6", 310, just okay agility. Um, great explosion and speed, though. He has experience playing left tackle. There's thought he might have to kick to guard in the NFL, as you would expect from anyone who was taken, any tackle who was taken on day three or later in the draft. But um, also thought maybe he can, he can kind of maybe uh, live or, or find a career as a right tackle in the NFL, more so than right tackle or left tackle, rather. So uh, I am taking an offensive lineman with my third to last pick. Dan, which one do you like more? Landon Young, for sure. I think he was a high uh, a, t- a high recruit as well going into Kentucky. I yeah, five-star or four-star. Yeah, so. he was a five-star yeah. recruit. So that's, like, again, the kind of guy who, at least like in the past, the Eagles have liked to take um, flyers on late in the late rounds, maybe guys who were really like highly projected coming out of high school, maybe didn't completely pan out in college. Um, Bryce Brown always comes to mind on that one. But Landon Young has, you know, that pedigree and then all the physical attributes just seems like a um, – a good bet as like a lottery pick on on, uh, on day three. All right. Now we're on to round seven. Uh, I'm going to take a punter here. Presley Harvin, the third punter wow. from Georgia tech. Uh, Eagles have a, oh, this you know, guy, they do have yeah. a punter on the roster. Now, Aaron Sipos, who was signed to a teacher's contract uh, after the 2020 season. Um, Harvin is the six foot, 255 pounds. So, like, this guy is a tank. Uh, Averaged 48 yards per punt in 2020. Won the Ray Guy Award. And he's got, like, he's got athleticism, too. So, like, he can make plays uh, on, like, fake punts and such. Like, he threw, like, a gorgeous pass uh, down the sideline on a fake punt. I forget who they were playing. But, uh, I mean, just a gorgeous pass. And he can run around a little bit. So, uh, they, I mean, Eagles, just please give me a punter competition to watch in training camp. Give me something to do there. Uh, the brand needs do, it. That'll be fun. But, uh, yes, I have a punter, which I actually think is a possibility for the Eagles. I mean, you have 11 picks. Like if they only have like seven or eight picks, then you're not going to take a punter at all. But if you have 11 picks, why not take the punter in round seven? I was saying to Dan before we get on here, like just too much. They have too many picks. Like they can't, especially towards the end. Like this isn't. In general, I agree with like drafting in volume, but th- the quality here at the bottom of like these picks, I just don't think like they have to trade some of these. Dink well, to your point them. earlier that like there's it, it's not a big field. Like there are going to be guys that are taken around six and seven that might otherwise be undrafted free agents in other years. Mm-hmm. So you would keep them. What do you mean? So would you keep? So you're saying you would keep those picks then? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm piggybacking off your point that they have too many picks, and like they have they have five picks in round six and seven. So like some of the guys that they might take with those picks would otherwise be undrafted free agents in other years. And I was saying that to Dan too. I was like, some of these guys were getting this deep into the draft, and I'm like, I don't feel strongly about this person. It's like, why should I take this guy when I could probably just get like a similar player in undrafted rookie free agency? But since the Eagles have the picks here, we're making them. Uh, kind of an interesting draft for punters, Jimmy, because you brought up uh, your point there. <laughs> but also, no, I did, I'm not. Okay. But I did. I was thinking about at one point trying to take uh, Zach Davidson, who I know you've you've had mocked before uh, from Central Missouri, who is a tight ends slash punter. Um, mm. So that's interesting. But uh, I did not end up taking him, and instead, I have Elijah Mitchell, Eli Mitchell, okay. uh, at number two thirty four, right? Yes, very productive. 527 carries for 3,267 yards. 
Sets a 6.2 average. He had 41 rushing touchdowns. Kind of more limited as a receiver. So I don't really love that. Um, but I feel like uh, the point of me taking a running back here was I think the Eagles are going to do that at some point. Um, and I almost feel like they should do that. Uh, so I have him here. It's interesting because when I specific, it's uh, as soon as uh, Jimmy took a punter and it was this guy, the six foot, 250 pound guy, I was like, well, there's no chance. Brandon's got no chance. But then <laughs> well, he I brought in my, like one of my, my favorite running back <laughs> on day three, who was like, when you t- picked Ramondre Stevenson, I was like, I want, you know, I'm thinking like, I was like, I want Elijah Mitchell, Eli Mitchell later. You know, he ran a, a four, three, two at his pro day, right? No, I don't know if you, so you know, and then he ran a four three eight. So like that, I don't, I didn't see that kind of speed when I would watch him. But no, me neither. I, I didn't. I had no idea that he ran, which is like insane. I would have like if he ran a four five, would have been like that's a really good time. Uh, but it's interesting because I, you know, like when watching them, I liked his his um his teammate, his running back teammate too, Trey Regis. I think they're both going to be. Uh, Regis is an older prospect, but I think that they're both going to end up being like solid NFL players. And I think Mitchell slots in immediately as a uh, as a number two back and can give you some really good like utility early so you know I up until those words came out of Brandon's mouth it was going to be the punter but I got to go with uh, Eli Mitchell I can't betray <laughs> myself like that unfortunately <laughs> so sorry Jimmy solid game theory again by Brandon yeah, yeah really well done <laughs> uh, all right in my last pick I'm a trading this player may be different when I actually publish my final uh, seven round mock draft on uh, Tuesday morning, uh, but I quickly just found a guy that I thought would be funny. It's <laughs> Noah Togiai. So the Eagles uh. trade a, a seventh-round pick back to the Colts for Noah Togiai, the guy they cut just to have Alshon Jeffrey uh, nah. occupy a roster spot unnecessarily, even though he was on the he should have been on, he should have been on the pup list for the first seven weeks. Didn't play until like week ten, I think. Uh, so they had to cut Noah Togiai. Colts snapped him up. Back. I actually looked at his stats. He played in seven. I'm sorry. He's played in four games. He got targeted once, and he had one drop. But I don't care. I'm <laughs> trading my seventh round pick, <laughs> and Noah Togiai is coming back to Philadelphia. All right. I will say, number eighty five is still open. So very possible okay. that the Eagles are <laughs> going to bring uh, Dick Rod back. Although I think Togiai worked eighty five too, so they they could be that keeping it open right. for him. Yeah. So there you go. I'm <laughs> really deep in the weeds there. Uh, I have. Manny Rugamba, cornerback, uh, <laughs> who transferred to uh, from Iowa to Miami, Ohio. That's where he finished his career. He was kind of better in 2019. I think uh, uh, he, uh, slot kind of quarterback blamed um, COVID kind of for stepping back in 2020. I think that limited to, um, I think, just three games or so. Um, point being here, though, me taking a cornerback, I think the Eagles, this is a good draft for them to double dip at corner, just like yes. I have them double dipping at receiver with this many picks. I mean, just take a chance on someone. This guy, you know, could have been an undrafted rookie free agent. I just took a chance on him because he was there. And I got to say, I'm going with Brandon on this one simply because he put forth the first player who I have not yet heard of. So he wins this pick. I'm Manny Rugumba. But I was going to say, I'm surprised. Do you got, did you watch, uh, I, I had a, my one like big day three guy who I always liked is uh, Jonathan Adams, the uh, wide receiver from Arkansas State. Did you watch him at all? I did not did watch he? him, no. He's, uh, he like crushed Kansas State with like a bunch of circus catches in September. So he was on my list immediately. Like that's a guy who, I think will be a nice, you know, whether it's like fourth or fifth round, I think he'll be an interesting guy to to watch as far as like a wide receiver. So I'm just putting it out there, aka the well, if you crush Jonathan Kansas Adams State, Jr. I mean, you're uh, hey, 
Hey, listen, you can only play who's on your schedule, you know? That's that's right. So that's that's one of my guys. But he had like a big C. He was really good in 2019, too. But I guess I was just saying, a smaller school when when they played, you know, the big D bumper. I gotcha. Do we have any um, self-critiques, Jimmy? Is there anything about you mock draft that like you didn't like or think you could have done better or like ideally, you know, could have changed? Or yeah, I think whole... normally whenever we publish any of these, it's uh, the, the complaints normally are like, well, you didn't you didn't address this position. And spoiler, there's going to be some position that doesn't get addressed. And in mine, it happens to be offensive tackle. I don't think that that's a big need right now. And uh, I mean, you have Jordan Mailata. You still have Andre Dillard on the roster to be determined if he'll get traded. Jack Dillard, or Jack Dillard, Jack Driscoll, mm. I thought played okay as a rookie last year. And Lane yep. Johnson's still there. So um I mean, you still want to keep that pipeline churning with uh, offensive tackles, but I think they punt that to next year. I also didn't draft um, like a pure safety in this mock draft. I have the safety that's going to be converted to a linebacker more than more than likely, uh, but I don't have the pure safety. I mean, they, they signed two of them in free agency, Anthony Harris and Andrew Adams, so I think that's a position. Again, this is going to be like a multi-year rebound, so like if they don't address a position, then there's plenty of opportunity to address it down the line. And I think the safety position is one that, um, you know, given the choice between that position and others, and they don't prioritize the safety position, by the way, much in the draft, especially early. So if there is a position that they're going to, you know, maybe punt to the 2022 draft, I would say that safety is a possibility there. So I didn't have any of them. Brandon? Yeah, I didn't end up hitting on tight end, which I feel like they, you know, very well might do. It's a crappy tight end class, though, too. So they're yeah. the same thing. Actually, another one for me, not to cut you off, but like defensive tackle is another position I didn't really yeah. address either. Like Boogie yeah. Basham can play inside as well. So you have like that inside outside versatility. But uh, that's another position that stinks in this draft. Like defensive tackle, yeah, tight end, no both kind of weak in this draft. And I'm with you, like you said earlier, defensive tackle is sort of like an underrated need. And I'm with you mm-hmm. there completely. But I just don't see much value on the board for like those kinds of guys throughout the draft. And they're going to get overdrafted, like, by the way, in this, in, in this draft. Yeah. One thing I would like to accomplish, too, or I think the Eagles ideally should accomplish, is I would like a trade at one point in the draft where they've done this in the past, too. I think they did it last year with the uh, the Beattis trade, where like they trade a pick, let's say, like in the... Um, like let's say the Eagles are picking in the fifth round, but then they get mm-hmm. that team's next year's fourth mm-hmm. round. Like they move right. up around, yeah, and yeah. Gonna, like, they yeah. should absolutely like be looking to do that. Not only because we expect next year's class to be better, but also because they're in a spot where you know they're not going all out to win the Super Bowl this year, and they have like the luxury of kind of playing things a little bit slower. So I'd like to see kind of move some move like that. And they have um, eleven picks, they, and they have eleven yeah. picks. Like they have the room to do that, and also again with those. In general, I don't want to trade up too much, but I mean, if you're consolidating some of those very late ones, you know, for like small moves up, then I'm totally about that, yeah. you know, especially earlier on. Um, interested to see what happens with Zach Ertz, who reportedly yeah, is definitely has. going to get traded by the end of the draft. I almost wonder if you could package him uh, at some point and like how they're going to work that. Um, but yeah, well, I wanted to ask. Well, I wanted to ask about that. Where do you th- like? Where do you think his value like lies? Is he a guy who you can package? You know, I know like Mike Kay has said you could try to package him with 37 to move back in the end of the first round. Or is this something where it's like they might try to package him to get like an extra like an early fourth round pick or to move up with one of their thirds to like, you know, packaging him in number 70 to maybe move back into the end of the second round or something. So I don't think he has enough value to get you from 37 back into the first round. Like Mm -hmm. I, I have his value somewhere around like like a six round pick. 
I don't think he wow. has much value at all because I mean, his, his contract is eight point two five million. So if you're an acquiring team, you're taking that, you're taking on that contract. And you know, I think we've already kind of seen this offseason that the value hasn't been there for him, or else they would have mm-hmm. already dealt him. So yep. uh, yeah. he's uh, that that's still kind of lingering. I think ultimately they're going to take a, a, a return on him that that you know isn't to their liking, but it's something that they just kind of have to do at this point. I think the so what do you think it's going to be? Did like, you hear that? Yeah, I did. So what do you think it's yeah. going to be like a moving up and like on day three or something? Something pathetic? I think it's just going to be a straight or it's for a pick trade. Interesting. Hmm. And it'll be a sixth or a fifth or something. Or I would I would have his value pegged at like a six. You could also maybe see some kind of trade where you know, like on I don't know, on day two or day th- like you mentioned, like on day two or day three, where uh, like like with Marquise Goodwin. Now his value won't yeah. be as low as his. But like where right. they moved from, like a you know, two ten, I think it was to one ninety. It's twenty spots. Yeah. Yeah. Now he, he'll have more value than that. But um, if they do move up, say from like I don't know, they have they only have like the one pick in the in the fourth round and the one pick in the fifth yep. round. So maybe if you move from uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is printing something in my my office here anyway. Uh, so if they move up in the fourth round or the fifth round or from the fifth round into the fourth round, whatever, I think I think that you know that's the kind of value that he'll have in this draft, maybe. There's that big gap from uh, 84 when they pick in the third round. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Colts pick. The fourth and round, then, yeah. Yeah, the early – or when they pick in the fourth round at 123. So maybe you can try to package him with that four and, like, try to move up. And then maybe even another pick, like like and Ertz. Throw on a six. Yep. Yeah, I think it could be, like, Ertz and a pick and, you know, whatever, that four or whatever. And then you're trying to get to, like, let's say 100 or, I don't – you know, like mm-hmm. – Like one of those above. first couple of picks on day three, you mean? Like those yeah. – like Yeah. The reset, yeah. 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 So something like, like that, I think. Right. And you'll actually, and, and that would make a lot of sense too, because you have like that data regroup. So once yep. day two is over, you can kind of regroup and, and, you know, teams that haven't drafted a tight end in those first three rounds and still right. need one, then uh, that would make sense for, for, yeah, I, I actually, I think that makes the most sense. Good job, Brandon, on that one. I like that. Well, mm-hmm. I won I won the Earths thing. I won the mock draft in general. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm crushing you lately, dude. Like, because when you look at the uh, the free agency, you know, draft game we played, I got Eric Wilson. You didn't get that. Rock, paper, um, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. I beat you in. I beat you in the draft last year when I had uh, Jalen Rager as the Eagles' most likely pick at number one overall. You might beat me this year, though. We'll see. Uh, I well, hopefully pay, you're both one. right on the number one pick this year. So, nobody, you know, so you both win. Well, we no. I'm talking about the game we played. Um, like the we we drafted the uh, most likely Eagles oh, search round. Gotcha. Picks. Uh, no, I just, Justin Jefferson. So uh, I quote unquote lost, lost on that one. Yeah, you lost last year. <laughs> you fool. Um, we all did. Any and if any final thoughts, guys? Do we have anything before we wrap up here? I'm interested to just get there. Let's get this draft going already. Like yeah. it's been, it's been. Always. I mean, when you when you when you cover a team that's four eleven and one, like your draft season, boom, it starts like as soon as the season's over. Whereas right. in pre, like even I before. remember back, like when, the year they won the Super Bowl, the year they won the Super Bowl, I didn't even start thinking about the draft until like March. So like that was kind of a different year. As the, the draft is more enjoyable to cover, but once you get four months in already, like let's just get to this thing get it done with, and then start analyzing the players they actually pick. Dan? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty big draft. Um, you don't want to say pivotal because who knows, but you would hope that there's pressure on the front office and everybody who's involved in decision-making to get this right. Um, you know, we always say there's no more 
you know, oh, this has got to be it. There's no more like passing the baton or whatever, or kicking it down the road. But you would hope that there's some accountability that has to be taken in this draft. And, um, you know, the people's jobs are on the line based on what happens here. So, um, you know, that's my, that's my comment. My final thought is draft Devontae Smith. He's the guy. It's just, it's the pick. We all need it. Not even just I for that. I juice, think baby makes, juice. <laughs> we, that's, that's part of it though. Like, I think it makes yeah. sense, which is the reason why yeah. I think they should do it ultimately. But like, if they take an offensive lineman or defensive, like, what are we doing? This team is like, doesn't have a lot of juice to begin with. And now we're making like this boring pick. Like, just why? I, I need something. Give me something to be excited about. <laughs> Devontae well, the Smith. The fan base needs it too. You need to energize, get some good, good juju with the fan base. I Dan, think, I'm sure. the voice of the fans here, man. I'm sorry, speaking sorry, sorry. collectively okay. for the fans. Just, uh, <laughs> Devontae Smith in number six too. I mean, because he can wear that now. I mean, that's just a no brainer. Like, that's a Hall of Fame career right there. And you're putting him, he's coming to Philly, he's wearing number six. Has to happen. Need it. Uh, okay. So, Dan, uh, Jimmy, thanks for joining me. Check out Right to Sell on Craft Jerky by going to righttosellon.com. Discount code BDN15. Go to wildnaturepet.com for pet treats. BDN15. Check out the SB Nation NFL show. Got a lot of different things going on, including a live draft show this week there. So, that'll be good. Uh, have the NFC East mixtape with RJ Ochoa and me that you can listen to. Also, Ed Valentine hopping on the podcast this week. Bring a lot of juice to the affair and it'll be a good time when we do that so check all that out rate review subscribe check out jimmy on twitter at jimmy kemsky phillyvoice.com check out dan on twitter at snacks only with a x s s n x s n a x o n o is it s n x or s n a x s n a nobody's gonna have any idea what to follow now o n l y snacks only and Check him out at bleedinggreennation.com when he posts like once a year. And then check out me <laughs> at bleedinggreennation.com and me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. We will talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. P-G-N. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.